0: hello and welcome to a late night edition of the pirates fan forum here on dk pittsburgh sports podcast network i'm your host gary morgan sorry i had to reschedule you again (laughs) i know we just had the holiday i know this messes things up but jim we did say we were going to do this a little bit more for our california people so let's hope they take advantage how are you, Jim? Jim Stam, co-host of the show, always here. How are you?
1: Always, man. Uh, first of all, welcome back home to the Berg. You have been in Boston. Um, I don't even know if I want to attempt a Boston accent. It probably doesn't come <laughs> out very good, but it it'd be wicked smart if I could.
0: Yeah. Well, there's not a whole lot of uh, people that sound like that around anymore. <laughs> like. It was Oh, uh, really well, no, it was, uh, at least not that I ran into, I mean, working in the hotels that, that tends to be the case, you know, you don't, you don't leave that little bubble, (laughs) you only see who works in the hotel. You don't necessarily see the locals, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be done with it for a while and start focusing on, on the trash that Ben Charrington's going to feed us. So. (laughs) Let's do it, and uh Dave says, "Love the Friday night, late time, I do too, Dave. I think just for you Dave,
1: fun. it's just it's all for you, buddy
0: yeah, it puts uh it puts Jim and I in a special mood. It gets Jim an opportunity to get all his obligations out of the way and start dipping into the brew a little bit. Yeah, it gives me an opportunity to you know just drink coffee oddly enough at eight thirty at night and try to stay awake long enough to do this, huh so kevin's here he says love the show kevin we love you back word
1: thanks kevin
0: and melman break off the champagne we got ali sanchez cheers cheers everybody cheers all right somebody had to break the news it might as well be melman okay here we are ali sanchez that's our big signing jim that's it hands in the air game over there's that 14 game improvement we're looking for right
1: pack it up we are done and it's just basically time i mean where where do i get my pennant (laughs) all
0: right well let's start by taking it semi-seriously before we end up going where we usually end up going ali sanchez last year played his entire season in triple a for arizona 67 games 267 played appearances 311 batting average 492 slug which i think everyone finds sexy even in a a player and an 866 OPS, my friends, that's not bad. That's not bad. Okay. That's a very good AAA player. The Pirates went ahead and signed him to a major league deal and he has no options. So my friends, what are they doing here? Jim, like, it smells to me like a backup catcher comp uh, competition to start with,
1: right? Well, Ali Sanchez and Pirate fans are very similar. We're all out of options. So we, uh, you know, we are stuck with each other at this point. Um, Yeah, you know, first of all, I did see that the numbers he put up, someone had said that that league typically has some big offensive numbers in it. So, um, you know, just throwing that out there, I didn't have a chance to look at that part of it. But, uh, I mean, Ben Sherrington sure seems to like certain guys does he not because this is Ali Sanchez's uh, second time around in less than a year
0: right and I'm I guess I'm a little thrown back by the major league signing I don't mind the depth I actually think that's smart um I don't mind giving Jason delay some competition I think that's smart. You know, I think it's it's pretty clear Jason DeLay's bat is only ever going to be so much, right? So, of course, you give him a little competition, and defensively, Ali Sanchez is pretty comparable.
1: Right. That's actually where I think he, uh, offensive numbers, whatever, I think that that's where his real value is, obviously. Sure,
0: but that's where Jason DeLay's real value is, too, and it's more major league proven than Ali Sanchez is. I can say that for sure. So. Yeah. If nothing else. It's a curious move, right? I mean, of all the things that that you would think they'd sign as their first major league acquisition this offseason, a catcher was not on my bingo card. For a couple of reasons, at least not yet. I mean, <laughs> right. Where I, where does your head immediately race to, Jim?
1: Well, you know, um like you said, it's the it's the last thing I expected um they haven't been active at all we, we we were painfully aware of that at this point which by the way i don't know if that's that uncommon um we you know maybe we'll dive into that too um we have to yeah because like yeah.
0: daniel here already is like you know so we signed three players this winter and all of them are garbage to put it kindly Charrington isn't good but daniel please stick with us this is a long show First eight minutes, we're going to do a little bit of newsy stuff. We'll get into that fun stuff later. I promise.
1: Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, no. Uh, Look, if it's just for depth, organizationally, I I don't see a problem with that. Um, The problem is is it's like the first thing we're hearing out of anything pirate related other than uh, um, Hatch signing over in Japan. Um, but other than that, it's so, you know, pirate fans just want something that's considered to be notable, and this isn't it. Clearly, right?
0: And and Rodry Munoz getting picked up is basically it's it's a it's a replacement for Hatch. It's 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 mm-hmm. depth. That that's all it is. Nothing to worry about. There's pickups like that. Every year, sometimes they don't even make it to spring they'll they'll end up getting DFA'd before they've ever seen any field for the pirates. So like, don't, don't worry about that stuff. I I don't even think it's worth reporting. Honestly, you have to, for the roster spots and stuff, you got to talk about all that jazz, but guys like that are going to come and go and and you're going to see the team pick guys like that up. Sometimes they'll pick them up in the hopes that they can squeak them through. They have no intention whatsoever of trying to get them to to stick on their roster, but you want AAA depth too.
2: Well, it's
1: not, not a, it's not like they don't have room for them right this second anyway.
0: Right. It doesn't really matter. Ali Sanchez though, made me think of something else. Jim last week, we did a show completely filled with trade proposals. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and we, we tiptoed around, like sending out some pretty big pieces and, I'm not saying that Ali Sanchez is an answer or anything, but I am saying fortifying a certain position makes a few scenarios kind of a little more interesting. Doesn't it?
1: Hmm. You know, maybe we should talk about that because I'm thinking you could, we could make arguments all the way down to Gary San, or Ali Sanchez, Gary Sanchez. Jeez. <laughs> uh, that was a slip. Freddy, i might as well throw a freddie sanchez well that's the next signing
0: up. they're, they're okay. gonna go and get him next freddie freddie sanchez either or, or. you want to have as many catchers yeah. as possible so let's get gary sanchez too. We'll have five catchers it'll just be the greatest team ever filled with super utility catchers let's take a quick break and come back let's talk about some of the potential implications of them fortifying this position at the major league level All right, welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Make sure that you give us a like down there. Make sure that you rate us if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts and go ahead and subscribe to it and turn on the notifications. We're not going to send you anything else. I mean, I'm not going to ask you who you're voting for in a couple months
1: or anything.
0: (laughs) Just, Just subscribe so you don't miss a show because Jim and I, every once in a while, need to move this stuff around. And I wanted to get to a couple comments before we dive back in. Da- uh, Daniel here is saying, isn't it too early to start panicking? The winter meetings are still ahead. Yep. Daniel, much like I said earlier to the other uh, gentleman there, we're, we're going to get to that. We're just kind of trying to tackle the news first. It is pretty important. And, yeah, we're, we're,
1: uh, Mike, trust me. Trust me. We're going to get in. We're Yeah. We're going to get into that. And okay. Maybe that's where it was. Michael might have said that. That I saw. Mike,
0: my, yeah, Michael throws up the Sanchez's WRC plus was only a 100, uh, 108 it was extremely hitter friendly in, in that ballpark. And yes, absolutely true. Um, I don't take anything from this. Like, I don't think they're, they're thinking this is revolutionizing the offense of the team. I really think this is a defender, somebody they're bringing in to fortify. And why would you be fortifying Jim? Uh, we, we've already got Andy Rodriguez back there. Kind of took hold of the catching position, I thought, last year. Defensively, anyway. Uh, at the plate, maybe not so much. But he's your switch hitter. Now you got three right-handed catchers, right? You're claiming Henry Davis is one. Which, boy, if this doesn't just at least scream, we're done with that game. I don't know what does. <laughs> right.
1: it's so, Gary, I mean, like, we're talking four catchers, like you said, three right-handed ones, and he's a switch hitter. You got one of them out in right field who you say is still a catcher. Uh, you know, um, this could be taken a lot of different ways, Can't? could it not? Yeah.
0: So that's, that's scenario number one is Henry Davis is done catching. Whatever they needed to see, they've seen. That's, that would be my first thought from that. Scenario number two is competition for Jason DeLay. He's a really good defensive backup, but maybe they think they need more. Scenario number three is Jason DeLay has options. Ali Sanchez doesn't. Perhaps Ali Sanchez is the backup and you keep Jason DeLay stashed in AAA because you really don't have any catching depth close except Abraham Nunez or Gutierrez, and I'm not 100% sure. We've now now got
1: Abraham Nunez and Freddy Sanchez into this show, and that (laughs) is why you tune in, because Gary and I have been around enough and along with some of you poor bastards that are our age to name these types of guys.
0: That's right. And you got Carter Benz, too, who they sent to the Arizona Fall League and really didn't do much of anything, to be honest. Kind of didn't play all that much. Um, I mean, Carter Vins has never impressed me. So I, I can understand wanting to like fortify the position, get yourself like some extra um, help there just so that you don't have to go to the waiver wire should something happen. Right. I don't mind that at all. I guess my question would be, does this open the door for them to potentially think about moving Andy and or Henry in a trade? There's no secret they need starting pitching. There's no secret that trades are going to be one way they go about getting them. There's no secret that you got to trade something worth something to get something worth something. Henry Davis is worth something. Andy's worth something. We went over those values last week, right? Right. So (laughs) how how do you approach this? Does this open that door or is this just a depth signing and, The talent level difference here is so drastic. There's no reason to even draw any kind of conclusion there.
1: I think, Gary, I think you could talk me in to any of those scenarios being viable here. I really don't know which is accurate. Maybe they all are to an extent. To to an extent. And I will say, if nothing else... It's right before the winter meetings, and if you're just looking to be as flexible as possible, it's the trade market, and both of us staunchly believe that that is where this team is going to make the moves that we hope that they are going to make then at least it gives you that flexibility heading into that to be open to any type of scenario.
0: I mean, I'll put it this way. I think trades are what Ben Charrington's allowed to spend. That's what I think. I I don't think this payroll is going to go above 85, 90 this year. And I think Ben Charrington's best bet for acquiring talent is via the trade. And you have to move something good for that. And I think that's going to be prospects, man. It's either going to be that or he's going to have to consider rolling the dice on moving something big like um, that carries a salary. And they've only got two of those.
1: Right. I mean, I mean, and and both of those are pretty good bargains for major league baseball players of their caliber. So there, there is quite a bit of value in those two guys, but I'm thinking it's more along the lines of you've got to, you've got to be able and willing to part with some prospects here. Here's,
0: here's, here's a comment from David. We get this all the time for real. This is insane. Trade Davis or Andy, the two bats that have, I'm guessing power, the impo- power potential. Yeah. No trade one of the 2,000 second basemen they have. We've proposed well. that as well. When you look at the values for what they actually have, sorry, I can trade one Henry <laughs> or I can trade something else of high value like a starting pitching prospect or something and package them with a second baseman but none of their second basemen are going to equal what you want. Termar Johnson is the guy. If you yeah, want to do you, that.
1: If you want to talk about anybody that could bring you back real value, it's Termar Johnson. Yeah. Now, if and,
0: you, uh, the, and this is another one here. There's no chance Bucks trade Henry or Andy. Bet you there is. I guarantee you there is. <laughs> I agree. Because it's the currency they have. It doesn't mean they will do it. But they will absolutely have people that are interested in them, and they will absolutely be the types of values that we send out to get pitching. What people don't understand about this rebuild is, I mean, Jim, you, you know, anybody that's listened to this show, you, they've heard us say this all along. At some point, you have to balance the powers. You You, you want everything to come together at the same time so that you have 26 guys that you developed and acquired and they're all here and they're all winning together, kind of like what Baltimore did last year. and even they didn't have all 26. They had 20 some,
1: which is the, great. The it's odds great. Of, the odds of pitching and hitting arriving at the same time are are so infinitesimally small. Even for the best organizations, you have to be able to dip into the other side where you have some excess or look, it's just where the pirates have a little bit of excess. Otherwise, where else are you getting it from other than pitching? And they probably don't want to give up as much pitching.
0: No, and they're not going to want to give up the pitching that's valuable. That's for sure. Right. Like your most valuable asset is Paul Skeen's. No way. Just no way. <laughs> like well, You haven't even really gotten to see what
1: he can do as a minor leaguer yet. How do you – look, I know you could get a evaluation on Paul Skeens, but let's be honest here. What's a team I, – I don't even know what that looks like, Gary. I really don't. From either the Pirates side or another team, like, in that case – why would you draft him in the first place? How do you even make that work? It, to me, that's a... Yeah, you know, it doesn't make any sh- sense. Here, here's what I will say, and I, I firmly believe this. Other than Paul Skeens, there should not be anybody that you deem to be untouchable on the Pirates. Yeah. If it, I think if it makes us Keller- better. No, I'm saying in the minors.
0: And the minors, okay. All right. Well that's what you said on the pirates specifically. That's why well, I was yeah, like <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no, I get no. What no. you're saying
0: now, you're saying prospects.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I I I am of, I am of the point at the point with this is you better be ready to listen on almost everybody in your minor league system if you think you're going to make any kind of a jump soon. I totally
0: agree. And I think that they absolutely have to do so. That doesn't mean I think they have to make a move right now. Let's talk a little bit about why 2024 means so much, right? I mean, why are we all so hell-bent that this is the year they've got to make some kind of a push to go to the playoffs, right? Besides the fact that you and I want that every year, right? right? We'd love for that to happen every year. But why this year? Why have we decided this is the year that the Pirates have to go for it?
1: because they said it because they said it that's
0: why and they were given an opportunity to backtrack on that and they doubled down on it and they've since tripled down on it specifically what they're going to go after and talked about the upgrade and quality of it they set themselves up for the scrutiny right now they did not me yeah, the media creating some kind of environment for them to live in the
1: that pirates did this. And that's such an important distinction because, um, you know, we both get comments a lot. And sometimes it's like you expect them to do this. Well, listen, they have now said it. So whether I expect it or not, they're the ones who said it. So that's what we're going to talk about. Am I sitting around just willy-nilly thinking up scenarios? No. You said it. Now we're going to talk about it. And now that's the standard you'll be held to. Right. Doesn't hey, mean when, doesn't mean that I think I have a huge faith in it that it will happen. It's just that you said it would.
0: Absolutely. That's the perfect way to say it. It's not about us believing it. Because I see some comments in here, even like, uh, let's see if I can find it really quickly from from David. People thinking the Pirates are going to spend any real money are crazy. I understand where that comment comes from, and by real money, all I'm going to point out is that that is a statement right there that begs to have a goalpost moved because <laughs> whatever they spend isn't going to be real money if you didn't want it to be. And whatever they don't spend is just going to back up your statement. You're right either way. Welcome to the show, Cody. That's how you do journalism. But I would say, <laughs> I would say um people thinking they're going to spend enough to do exactly what Ben Charrington said aren't crazy. In fact, we did an entire show telling them what we thought that would take. Ben Charrington said he wanted the playoffs. We told them what we thought would be the would would get this team to the playoffs. It's more expensive than I think they'll spend. I don't think they'll spend what we told them to, but we sure as hell know where we think they need to go
1: <laughs> in order to get there. Well, that's right? it. Is like I think that 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 that's what bo- bothers me is that people parachute in on conversations and they think that we fully expect it. No, again, it's not, it's not what we think. It's what you said. And so now we're going to talk about that. And there's a big difference there. We'll see sure. how it shakes out. But, you know. Um, I mean, to their
0: credit, have you seen anybody from the team saying, hey, stop it. Stop, stop expecting us to do things. Nobody said that. Right. Right. We're just panicking because nothing's happening. Here it is December well, 1st and and
1: and and let me say this about nothing happening, okay, the winter meetings start on monday okay right. so and the g
0: m meetings were stopped on a account of poop
1: <laughs> yeah uh, a a real shit storm if you if you want to go back and look at it um, <laughs> but uh yeah, so a stomach bug stopped that there's three days coming up. And I've got news for people. If you look back at the winter meetings, I don't, look, I'm not, listen, I'm not defending the pirates, okay? But there are times where the winter meetings, nothing big happens. It's not unheard of. And what I will say about this is this year with all the uncertainty about what's going on with RSNs and, and the money with TV deals and all that, it is having some kind of effect yeah on where things are at now
0: so the, the things are going to start falling here at the winter meetings Showy's probably going to make his decision here you know you're going to start to see that flush out into trades all of a sudden you're going to start to hear trevor powers name cuz his agent's going to pop up at the winter meetings and start rustling yes, up his you name get, and who's you get
1: interested. you get all these executives in a room yeah. uh, in a in a hotel Um, Yeah. Things start moving. Yeah, And and
0: your GM could do nothing more than pick the wrong table to sit down for lunch at. And all of a sudden he's in on somebody because he's sitting there with somebody's agent.
1: (laughs) That's just that you just never know when you get all these different people and personalities in a room. You never know how that's going to unfold. I will right. say, if we get to the end of the winter meetings, it's only three days. Still, There's still nothing going on. It tells me that the Pirates are trying to do something trade-wise right. way more than anything else.
0: I can't promise I'm going to read this whole comment, but I'm going to bring it up here. It's very long, but uh, it's from Dan. It is a good one. I, I, I read it, and that's partially why I wasn't paying as close attention to you as I should have been, Jim. Sorry.
1: I'm used
0: to it. Trust me. Very few Buccas are untouchable, but we're desperate for a young, talented catcher. Maybe Andy's cup of coffee was a flash in the pan, but I wouldn't want to trade a catcher. We'd be reading about in a few years on a playoff team. I can only surmise that Davis fell far short of the organization's expectations. If we can get a quality pitcher for him, I can live with that. I'm not saying I'd be happy about it, but I can live with it. Dan, I think that's a very healthy way to look at it, to be honest with you. It's not like it's a happy day when you trade a, a first round pick, if you do that. It's not like we're saying that lightly either. It's not like I say that and I go, finally, they can get rid of that Davis. He's been a thorn in my side ever since they drafted him. I like that at all. I no. think Davis has a bright future. I don't think Davis is a catcher. That's all. and I And I think that puts him in a weird spot on this team because there is no room for him as a DH this year. And if you're going to shove him in right field, well, he better look a lot better than he did this year. And if you're going to shove him at first base, well, he better not be a problem there too. And if your plan is to like use him as some kind of part-time catcher, Well, he better be okay back there, and he better get enough at bats, and it better not mess with his head so much that it ruins his bat. His timeline and the way he was handled and how quickly he got here with one side of his discipline in order has thrown him off kilter to the point where, yes, I think he has made it potentially easier to trade him than Endy. Even if I don't think that their ceilings match, I actually think Henry's ceiling is higher, offensively.
1: We'll we'll look back on 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 the Henry Davis thing and and the Andy thing, and it'll be really interesting, Gary, if we're still doing this show, if people will have us um, do this show down the road, right? Will it not be? It'll be kind of fascinating because they had both of them coming up. Both of them offensively were doing well. It, it, you've only got one position between the both of them. Yeah, It'll be kind of interesting to see how we look back on this whole thing. I think the Henry Davis thing, could it have been handled better? Yeah, but but there's some hindsight 2020 stuff going yeah. on there too when it doesn't work like you want it to. I don't want to trade Henry Davis.
0: No, there's definitely Probably. there's definitely just oddity there, right? And I think both of them. It's fair to say, they showed us flashes. We saw some of the offensive upside there. Neither of them took off in major leagues, you know. And that doesn't mean that I think they never will. But I will say, if you really want to win. Like, you really want to win. You really want this team to challenge for a playoff. Well, we're awfully quick to say that those two are locked in great and and starting caliber right now. Yeah, I'm not saying what they did with Ali Sanchez helps that. It doesn't. But I am saying, if anything, maybe that's why you wouldn't trade them is because it's too early to know if either of them are going to
1: pan it- out. It's a risk, man. It really, it is. But at some point, man, I, we, you have to be willing to take some chances. There's the, It's the only way that teams like the Pirates are going to be able to get where they want to go, maybe. Maybe. Right. And I would just say this. You know, will it make me sick if Henry Davis or Andy gets traded, and they they turn around and absolutely kill it? Yeah, but I'm uh, but I'm already look I'm already disappointed with the Pirates my my whole life pretty much. I, I, how much <laughs> how much worse can it get? I, I mean, like I, I don't want to be afraid of failing. When there's already been a lot of failure, I'll I'll live, I guess I'll live with it.
0: I will say that one of the things that I feel the team probably uh, screwed up a lot under Neil Huntington early was holding on to prospects and, and hugging them a little too much. And he probably could have moved forward a little bit more into that 2013, really could have leaned into it a little more, I felt. They could have addressed first base a little more properly, I would say. You know, sure. So there was there were some missteps there. I felt and I, and I felt hugging prospects caused it. For instance, and this was, this would have killed at the time. This would have broken some people's souls. But this team needed stuff. They had Josh Bell in the minors, and he was a huge prospect, and everybody and their mother wanted him. He being drafted by the pirates pissed off the system so bad that they changed it because that's how coveted he was. That team needed help right then and there. And they chose right then and there to care more about what happened in 2016 and 2017 with this player. than they did what happened in 2014 and 15 with this team. Not saying that I can predict what they would have gotten for him, but wouldn't it have been nice to have another stud pitcher? Wouldn't it have been nice to have a locked on first baseman for more than six weeks? Wouldn't it have been nice to have like an upgrade over Jordy Mercer even at shortstop?
1: It's interesting because, like, because the Pirates are so risk averse and conservative it's funny the fan base hates it right but but they're also held hostage by it themselves in, a, in a you're in forced, a forced to grow with in these way.
0: kids most fan bases and this is something you don't realize unless you travel and jim you can speak to this because you've lived in in Cardinalville, right yes okay
1: unfortunately
0: okay but you you've seen They don't pay attention to prospects until they're, like, right on the doorstep. You might, and I mean, there are people, like, yeah, they're real prospect nerds, and that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fan base at large, you know when they see about prospects? When their local broadcast brings them up and says, look what these guys did last week. And they go, wow, that's cool. You know when they heard about Jordan Walker about a year before he got here? Right. Like they they weren't like screaming and panicking about Jordan Walker. When they traded Randy or Rosarena, ain't nobody blinked in in St. Louis. No, and, and,
1: and, but, but that's the risk, right? That so many fans are afraid of if that happens.
0: No, but we bust their balls about that. Oh, you lost Randy Rosarena. Oh, you idiots. Yeah. They're idiots. I guess (laughs) they they're fine. <laughs> like that, yeah, they they can take care of it, and and yeah, they lost Randy, but Tampa's trying to trade him right now. They'll probably get him back.
1: <laughs> Be like right, it's, you, it's just one of those things where I I would say this as a pirate fan, nothing really scares me at this point.
0: Oh, Dave's <laughs> got a great one, dude. Okay, good. I ahead. remember when they traded Moisey Alou and a number one draft pick. Yeah, you could do that back then. Willie Green <laughs> to the Expos for Zane Smith. I remember that too, and uh, I remember Zane Smith not being a great picture uh, of a great pitcher. But you know what he was? A lefty, and they needed one, and they needed one for the playoffs.
1: And he was a grinder. Bro, did he deliver too? He was a grinder.
0: Yep, and it hurt, and it hurt watching Moisés destroy up there. It really did. And, and we always regretted it, and, and I, I can remember always mentioning it. But, man, we needed Zane Smith right then and there, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to lose some of these trades. You just are. And I don't know how else to say it besides embrace it. It's not uh, ever going to feel good.
1: And, and, look, if if you have zero faith in the Pirates to get it right and do it, right and make the right call welcome to the club (laughs) yeah I mean I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about that because uh, you know the proof will be how it turns out Uh, I could tell you that it could easily blow up in their face but you know what So so has many other things
0: it really could let's take one more break when we come back let's talk about what's going on in the NL Central because my god they're all so much better All right. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you. We're going to start out with a comment here from Nicholas McKee because every once in a while I spout out crap that I assume everyone knows and he didn't. (laughs) So let's make sure we tell him. What were you referring to with drafting Josh Bell and how the system was pissed off? Curious and unfamiliar with that. Okay. So Josh Bell signed a five million dollar bonus with the Pittsburgh Pirates um, to be a, a second round selection with them. He was going to go to school and then he sharded teams like Boston and New York and would not sign with them and signed with the Pirates who gave him a ridiculous bonus at the time. Five million for a second rounder was unheard of. Crazy. And yes, your Pittsburgh Pirates have and always have spent more in the draft than everyone else. Part of that's because which, they've sucked bad enough to be at the top.
1: But <laughs> which by the way, they should allow that again. God, they right. everything else is set up against the, the Richie or for the Richie Riches. At least yes. let those teams do that.
0: Well to finish my story, Nicholas, for you, here's what happened. Major League Baseball introduced the slotting system after that in the next collective bargaining agreement, so that teams could not um, basically draft people lower, give them huge bonuses and um, woo them away from some of the other teams that, that came a call in earlier on. That's basically it. They tried to take away one game. Problem is, it didn't really work. Ben Charrington kind of did it with the 2021 draft. You know, so you can still do it. You just can't do it to the ridiculous level that you did. That's all. But Teams, I think, should be able to, and they should be able to trade their draft picks too. I think that would change a lot of things about tanking in general and, and what happens in baseball. I think it would, it would screw a lot of things up. And let me see if Melman can sum it up better than me. Baseball execs were furious about the bell signing. It was the final straw that caused the current slotting system. Yeah. He said it much nicer than me or she. I can't tell which is which. So there you go. Okay. So the NL Central gym. The Cardinals really are the only ones that have done anything. <laughs> like
1: it's on bre- fire. It's on fire, according to I forget which baseball guy said that. Yeah, the um, Heyman. So was it? Okay. Yeah.
0: So you, of course, know it's true. Yeah. The uh, okay. So here's what here's what I think's funny about that. The the Brewers really have done nothing but subtract, and then they've talked about extending their dude, uh, Cheerios, who I think is going to be great. Really, really do
1: they they did they did get that done? I think, right?
0: Did they actually get it done? I know it was just a rumor this morning. I didn't, I didn't know if it. Okay,
1: well, maybe, maybe not, because I thought it was a done deal.
0: I thought you were going to talk longer, so I took a drink of my coffee. So I'm sorry.
1: Okay, regardless,
0: regardless, that that's really all they've done. Now it's a questionable move for me. He's he's in double A. (laughs) I mean, like, uh, I'm fine with signing. A prospect early i really am Um, and maybe they're just that confident that they're going to bring him up and start him next year and try to get on the bandwagon of getting that number one pick they really could do something like that he is really that kind of talent so maybe that's what they're doing i I think it's probably a year premature but maybe they felt like after he reached the league there's no way it was going to happen so kudos to them the the brewers never ever cheat their fan base ever so um i'm very envious of that fan base the reds have signed some pitchers um nothing that really knocked my socks off they definitely needed help there they've probably made their team a little better they're talking about trading jonathan india rookie of the year a few years ago um you know for those of you that are still tightly hugging prospects acting like they can't be moved and they'll definitely be a part of this forever that would be like the pirates trading uh, Jack Selinski you know a young kid that you kind of brought along and did really well for you now India's fallen on tough times um, and you know if the Reds have a a tendency sometimes to jump in a little bit before they're ready I think their pitching is probably primed to get punched in the mouth for the second year um go around that tends to happen with pitchers and boy they've got a lot of them doing that. So I think that's why you're seeing them fortifying with some veterans a little bit. And that's not a bad thing. The Brewers though, I think they're gonna have to continue to move forward with the idea that Burns is gone. That might cause them to even go a little further and trade, you know, some other some other guys who are borderline there like Adamus or something.
1: I think they, it sounds like they've had a little bit of second thoughts about what they might do, but I think reality will set in for them. I do. I, I, I think we're still headed that d- direction with them. And I would say that with St. Louis, you knew they were going to do something. I mean, you know, I give them, yeah, but let's credit. talk about
0: that something because like, is it, is it worth it? Like really? No, intriguing. but I
1: give that. I give them credit for at least being aggressive. Um, I do like sunny Gray. I, I mean I, I their that contract is structured really really curiously, by the way. I don't know if you saw it, but like I saw man. it.
0: slow this year and then big the next two. Sonny Gray is a, a great pitcher. There's no qualms there. He's a good get, and anybody that got him, you know is going to probably be pretty happy. The other two though the the Cardinals kind of screwed the market up <laughs> like they really did.
1: But Paying you knew somebody. You knew somebody was going to do that. I the don't Cardinals, actually. I
0: don't think any. I didn't think anybody would pay Lance Lynn that kind of money.
1: I thought teams would get care. Maybe not specifically Lance Lynn, but I thought teams would get stupid.
0: I thought teams would get stupid when they got desperate, not at the beginning.
1: You know, like Lance. They are, Lynn, they are a little bit desperate.
0: Lance Lynn for that much money. They're desperate with a board this full. Is insane to even think for a team that has Uh, money. Lance Lynn to me, what they gave him screws the market. Because everybody else who's up now that knows they're better than Lance Lynn, and that list is pretty big, ain't even gonna entertain less than 10 million. And and these guys aren't people that should be making 10 million. I'm sorry, they're not. So he screwed at least it up at least until they get the ball rolling again on people. And then they're like, somebody's going to have to convince them the Cardinals are insane because that's too much to pay for Gibson and that's too much to pay for Lynn. Now, if the Pirates did it, I'd be telling you, they added a bunch of innings. It was a good thing. That's what they needed to do. That said, for the Cardinals, I don't know. I think they shot a little low, to be honest with you, and I think they're stuck it, with some stuff they don't want.
1: That may be true that they that they set their sights a little low. Um I can see that as being part of it. Now, would it shock me if Lance Lynn has a great year because the Cardinals seem to always pull the best out of somebody? No, but that's not guaranteed by any stretch either. He could yeah. have a he could have a Lance Lynn year that he just had.
0: Yeah, and you could say they're familiar with Lance Lynn. They've had right. him in their system before, obviously. Right. That said, in, in the option year, who cares about that too? I mean, like, yeah, he, so he won't be here next year, probably if he sticks. I just, I guess, like, I just look at it and to me, it's so early in the offseason to overpay visibly for a guy. Nobody thought he was going to get that kind of money. And like, to me, if he's getting that kind of money, let somebody else
1: be the idiot.
0: Is, I mean, Lance Lynn was awful
1: last year i mean awful i think you just gave up another home run
0: yeah it was no joke man it was really bad so i don't want to sit here and act like the cardinals are automatically a gauntlet but the cardinals are the only team that has a fleshed out five-man starting rotation right this second so how can i sit here and tell you that they're anything but the front runner they are they've made themselves the front runner
1: right there it's interesting. I just saw something where they, they they said they may not be done.
0: They definitely aren't done. They put Mats on the block, and he's their number five starter, and he yeah, had a good season so, last year.
1: You know, it wouldn't shock me. You know, and um, we haven't seen what the Cubs are going to do either. Um, it sounds like they are putting in, you know, throwing their hat in on some guys. So um, I think what Gary – Let's touch on this real quick. I think this is a situation with the pirate pirates and pirate fans, and I get this totally. They're just out of patience. and then the only thing that was seeming seemingly happening in baseball was in the NL Central. Yeah. <laughs> so like you, you've got this two-fold situation of like pirate fans are over it, which I totally get. They want something to happen, and then it's been slow for the for you know the off season, and then it just so happened to be the NL Central teams were doing something about it. It was mainly the Cardinals, but that sent a lot of Pirate fans over the edge. Right, it really like, did. Like
0: Billy says here, once the Pirates get at least two good starters, he'll be okay with the reclamation project. I totally agree with that. I, I mean, I would, I would guess what I would say is like, well, we're envious of the Cardinals. They started with two of those, and and ended up getting their their bigger guy. The difference is the Cardinals were always going to get their bigger guy. That was going to happen. Like you know, I don't think anybody in Cardinalville was like, oh, Lance Lynn, we're set.
1: I mean, they no, they knew no, no, Lynn, no. That was somebody else. That was the appetizer. Yeah. Right. You and, know, and I, he
0: likes appetizers, which is part of his problem. He needs to chill a little bit. Right?
1: <laughs> but well, uh, l- let me ask you this: so, my big thing is, if I was a pirate fan, and I happen to be one, oddly enough, if they come out of the winter meetings and nothing happens, I'm Joe Pirate fan sitting out there, Gary. Yeah. Nothing has happened. How should I feel as Joe Pirate fan? How 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 how? What do you say to Joe Pirate fan at that point?
0: I would imagine that they're probably already feeling like that the team is doing nothing, and I don't think that a week is going to change that much. Yeah. Okay. If if nothing happens, I, I think that. It's, it's more of the same. I think it'll just amp up slowly week over week until they finally do something. And all I can really say is we do have a little bit of history with this GM. We've seen him make most of his uh, moves a little bit more into December, I would say, even a little bit into after Christmas. I've seen a lot of his of his bigger moves come in that period of time. You gotta take the moves when they're there, too. I think it's it's fair to say a lot of trade targets don't necessarily make themselves apparent until teams start signing free agents. You know, you may not even think a team wants to upgrade a position. Um, and then you find them sign somebody that plays a position that you had no idea they were gonna upgrade, and all of a sudden this yeah. other guy becomes expendable. That's a the padres that's actually- just did that.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good point that um, based on certain moves and the way the dominoes fall, you may see somebody that wasn't expendable before now right. become expendable. And you, you have to be willing to, um, you know, uh, jump on that. Will they? Uh, you know, that's. Sure. Big well, plus. Let's,
0: let's say a team and I don't I don't have the I don't have it right in front of me. So this is just a brainstorm. But let's say a team that's already like fairly set at first base. They feel good about first base.
1: And then they go So not the Pirates.
0: Yeah, for sure not the Pirates. And then they go and take a swing at Pete Alonso. And they trade for Pete Alonso and they bring him in and they extend him. You know? And now that first baseman they had, that they were Set with, they were pretty happy with with the production they were getting out of that first baseman. Well, they have options. Either he becomes a DH, or they move him. You know, All right? And so you got to look for things like that to start to crop up as as things fall off the board. And sometimes when you're going to be trade reliant, you do got to be more patient because you need to I, wait for some of those cracks to start to develop.
1: I was just gonna say, like. When you're talking check checkbook, which we know the pirates don't have and e- either willingly or market-wise, and trades, one's more simple than the other. Trades take a good bit of time sometimes. You yeah. I, I and I hate to say that because I feel like it's just kind of, you know, um, I'm not trying to placate anybody. I'm just saying, like, you're. It takes time for trades to come together sometimes.
0: Yeah. I'll also say one of one of the targets that I most expected them to work with is is the uh, the Marlins, and they laid a lot of track with the Marlins last year. And now that entire regime has changed. So I don't know if it's back to square one on some of the things that they've talked about as far as like things that each side were interested in in the past. But when you lose something like that, this is something just people don't think about. You know, it's not just Kim. Kim is gone from Miami. Oh, they'll find a new one and and they move on. Yeah, they do but now you're starting with a brand new entity you don't go in with the history of the conversations you had with that person and, and the players that they hold dear and what they value and what they don't value. Maybe, maybe you have somebody that like when you're going to, to trade them a catcher, all the defensive metrics in the world don't really move the needle for them. For them, it's really all about how they handle the bat. And, yeah. and, you could go into this guy and sell him up and down on what a terrific defender Andy Rodriguez is going to be. And and they're going to go, yeah, but I want the bat. What's Henry about, you know? And, and if you get blindsided with something like that, when you kind of thought you, you had one thing going in and then you get changed because the conversations weren't there losing those GM meetings and changes around the league, like even with Boston, things like that, that that just changes the dynamic. And you've taken a couple teams that Ben Charrington's very familiar with now and upturned the apple cart. Boston is one of his go-tos for moves. Well, that whole chain of command is different now. In fact, the Pirates have taken somebody from their system in that exchange. The Marlins have just changed over. You know, there's a lot of teams that are in flux right now. And I just think that you got to be patient if you think trades are going to be a big driver and i do so yeah.
1: that's that's really what i was trying to get at is like with trades there's a lot of moving pieces with that um we've heard even with like toronto speaking of sherrington familiarity and they uh, from what i've heard are even in the otani sweepstakes well you know once that doesn't happen which I don't expect it to, um, you know, the, then things change once again. Right. So Gary, Gary, can you think of as a baseball nerd, I I can't think of many more things that would be more interesting to be in winter meetings and hear all the conversations and how that dynamic plays out. I think it would be, I think it would be fascinating.
0: I mean, I'd love to just because of the the sheer curiosity of it, just the same way I'd like to sit in on a conversation between a president and you know a leader from another country i want to see right. I want to see what 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 actually gets said in those rooms and what we not. need to get
1: yeah. here's what we need to do we need to find the bartenders that are at at these hotels or at the hotel and get and get the scoop because I guarantee you they would.
0: <laughs> i mean they probably get tipped very well jim and i'm not sure that you and i being pirates fans have the funds to get this intel
1: but no, but, but you know if nothing has to tip maybe they have pissed them off enough where you know maybe maybe the, there'll be some revenge there
0: uh billy would like to know what we think of munoz uh we don't think much of munoz honestly billy i, I think it's just a depth signing um it's it's probably not of consequence until it is. I mean, he's going to get a shot in spring training, just like anybody else, to win a position on the bullpen. And if he does, he does. And I tend to not get too excited about the the obvious bullpen moves, really. Um, and and they just lost Hatch as a guy that I think they really thought was depth. So it makes total sense they've out and get try to get some more. That's about all. As, as far as uh, the NL Central, though, Jim, I'm not that daunted yet. I mean, the Cubs are in yeah. on things. The Cubs have some young players coming that I think could probably scare the bejesus out of us before too long. But the Cubs have some work to do to replace Cody Bellinger. I mean, Cody Bellinger was unbelievable last year for that team. Mm-hmm. To just lose him. I mean, I'm sorry, it's hard for me to look at anything else until you replace him. And same with Strowman, really, who you know I don't even think is that great, but that's two pretty mighty big pieces to be sitting here pretending like the Cubs didn't take a physical step back, because they did.
1: They have money to spend. Sure. But they're in no they're in the same boat that a lot of teams are, which is they haven't spent it yet. They have holes, they are losing certain guys. You know, I think the pirates still can make some headway. Is it, it will it be enough in that division? I don't know. We just have to see how it plays out. I would I would just say that like I have fun with it on Twitter too, you know, about they not they're not doing anything and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Cause I just think it's funny, it's entertaining. Um, you know, talk to us in talk to us after the holidays and then maybe we'll see how that plays out there. There's still yeah. time. There's still it really time.
0: depends on how quickly things start to move too. like, if they start yeah. falling off
1: the board, we're like, big, the seeing, big. yeah, the big pieces at the winter meetings, really those dominoes have to fall.
0: Yeah. And I would say like, we're not talking about Otani here or, um, even necessarily, Juan Soto trade because because those two things they're going to happen. They're independent events, they're seismic events. They're it,
1: in a vacuum,
0: but it, yeah, but in a weird way, they're in a vacuum. They're not going to have an effect on everything else. Mm-hmm. So I'm more looking more towards like the hey, where's Jordan Montgomery go? You start seeing somebody like a Michael Walker sign somewhere, then I'm going to be like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, that's an yeah. R. That's in our pond now,
1: you know, <laughs> like, Right, right. that's our carp.
0: You stay out of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's don't, don't get all up in our, in our Michael Blanca.
0: Yeah. But if pitchers start falling off the board, like left and right, like the mid tier pitchers and whatnot, and you'll, you'll have sometimes those six, seven hour periods where like you're on Twitter and you just see boom, 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 boom. All these pitchers just come off the board. Yeah. I'm going to panic. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna panic, and yeah. and for all I know, Ben Charrington's got a Michael Soroka like trade lined up, where he's you know moving some sc- scrap iron for five starters. I'm just, I'll panic. I'm just telling you right now. That's that's the that's my barometer, man. When I start seeing those yeah. guys come off the board,
1: yeah. And I guess the question I would ask um, fans right now is like, no one's. N- no one's happy with the current state. I'm not, you're not, stuff's got to happen, right? We, we've got, yep. they have to upgrade. But Great. what would what would make you happy today? You know, and, and where is your bar? Um, for me, w- what I would say to that is, I would, I would feel a lot better, Gary, if we had one signing under our belt and we're working toward other things, maybe in the trade market and things of that nature. But I don't know if that would even satisfy Pirate fans. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
0: The last thing I can say is if you really are going to play in the free agent market, show them a reason to believe. And which what is I mean kind by, of what I'm, well, at. what I mean by that is there's a few ways they could go about that, Jim. Make a trade to bring in something that obviously improves the team and shows everybody that that's going to happen. Right. Hey, the pirates are friggin' serious. Look at that dude they just traded for. Right. Yeah, I I think something like that speaks to a free agent, and then you go and approach them, and and you offer them a fair wage. Let's not try to talk about undercutting everybody, okay? Because I just don't think you're going to get away with it in today's social media-driven market, where everybody knows what everyone gets offered, okay? Within dollars, sometimes. You're just not going to sneak by underpaying somebody, okay? So let's just pretend that they pay a nice fair market value for a player and offer it to them. Well, if you've just made a trade for somebody that they know is going to be a good player for this team and the team is on general upswing, maybe they're a little more interested than they would be if you approach them right now before you've done anything. So to me, that's the main incentive to get out there and start doing something, not to placate the fans, but maybe to start laying down the message to everybody in the league that you're you're more serious you really want to approach. When I go and approach somebody about a trade, I want them to know I just pulled one off. I'm ready.
1: Right, right. You, you, yeah. you have to be able, It's not it's not necessarily like you said, making the fans comfortable. It's that players know, players know when people are serious and that teams are serious. And so if you are serious and you make a move, then the next one you make, you can say, hey, you know how you know how we are, we are. We're telling you we're serious. This is this is. Look what we just did. Sure. We would love for you to be a part of that.
0: And another thing they could do, they could go and very, very loudly sign Mitch Keller, or very loudly sign O'Neill Cruz, or something along those lines. Anything else they can do just to lock down more of the core. Make sure that the league and the players understand you're trying, you know, I, I just think it's about optics to a degree as far as getting the ball rolling on some of this stuff. And last year, I think we saw that, Jim. I think, you know, they went out and made that trade for Choi. I know that was a, an insignificant move in the greater scheme of things, but he was a real ready-made major league baseball player that played at a position of need. They went out and addressed it really quickly. And almost like right after it, Carlos Santana, and then boom, and then Rich Hill, and then and they just went on a tear after they got those couple guys in place because I think the league saw, well, okay, they're trying to do something here, you know. And and I think it came together pretty nicely for them. You gotta do that sort of thing. You have to get the ball rolling.
1: Yeah, I think you have to let somebody know that you're serious stepping it up from that. This year. And so, you know, if that was your level last year, now you've said what you've said. Well, this is the level you have to operate at now to get to that next level. And I will tell people this trust me, if we are sitting here in January and February, it's time to drop the hammer. I'm not doing it on December 1st. I'm just not. <laughs> you know what I, you you know what I mean like I know
0: it, what you mean but I don't even know what that means. Like I'm not no, sure what no. we
1: what we're, we're going to drop on them. I mean I'm just saying about the expectations and that they didn't do anything. That's why we I, were
0: going top rope from the rotunda. I didn't know what we were doing here.
1: Yeah, Well, you know, I, I look, I dropped a hammer, <laughs> top rope, wh- whatever cliche we want to use. What I am saying is, is, like, I'm not doing that on December 1st. There is a date yeah. where we will do that. But even though it's the Pirates, you're going to have to be reasonable with the way the market is and yep. how things play out.
0: Yeah. That said, if they if there's, like, 17 of those pitchers signed next week, I'll be on the show next Thursday, screaming. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm saying, yeah, you know, like, if so it there is no
0: quickly. There is no timeline for when I'm going to get to that point. To me, it's it's really about a pool of players I know they need to play in. That's True. all. True. Like, it's way and, more
1: about when it happens with the players. Yeah. But,
0: and, and if I tell that kid to go out and play in the mud puddles and he comes back with clean shoes, I'm going to know he didn't do anything. And that's what I'm looking at Ben Charrington right now. I need to see you splashing around in those puddles. That's what has to happen. Yeah. That's all. But hey, Jim, long talk, good stuff, late night bucking. This is one of our best attended chats ever. So thank you so much. This was awesome. And uh, super cool that you were all here for it. And Ben's probably tired from playing hockey already today, but we're going to let him toss the show off like he always does anyway. And for those on video, I'll do it for you. Let's go Bucks!
1: Let's go Bucks!